Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome back to Mindset Monday. Today we are here with the great Mike Kemmerer, Grandpa Mike from the University of Iowa. How's it going, Mike? Thanks for joining us. Going good. Glad to be on. Thanks, Mike. So why do they call you Grandpa Mike? Yeah, I don't really know where the nickname originated. I just know that, um, you know, I've been here. This is my seventh year now. So a couple guys in the team just started making some old jokes and started calling me Grandpa Mike. Kind of rolls off the tongue well. So. Uh, just kind of been embracing that name and um, it's funny just people I'll see on campus or whatever everyone's kind of embraced the grandpa Mike nickname so it's it's been fun if you're grandpa Mike what does that make uh, Tom and Terry brands I know seriously they got to throw some great there great 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 grandpa or something and then what does that make Gable oh <laughs> yeah that's that's a whole nother whole nother story <laughs> So, so it's the latest hot, the the latest, the hottest clothing line now. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's good. I mean, they passed that NIL legislation in July, so just was kind of thinking of ways to to be able to make some money off of that. And um, Mark Ironside's got a store up in Cedar Rapids, just down the road. So talked to him, and he's he's already in that business, so it was super easy. He's got a design together and set up an online store. So I'm going to have that online store through a week from today, September 7th, and then, uh, and get some orders out. So it'll be good. And then we'll, we'll keep bringing out some more clothing line as, uh, as we get going here. Nice. So does he still have the radio station Ironside? Uh, I know he does. Yeah. He does the play by play or he does the color commentary for our matches. So, um, yeah, he's, um, he's a Jack of all trades. He does, he races, uh, he does some race car driving too, so he's he can do it all. Decent wrestler too. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> so, so why did you decide to take the seventh year? 
I'm sure there's there's a lot of people that look at that and they're like, oh, it's time to move on, right? It's is he going to go for the seventh year? What what sparked you know the desire to go for another one? Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just didn't want to right after the season. I didn't want to go and and just make a decision based off of emotion. Obviously, coming off the NCAA tournament, a lot of emotion there. Um, so I was just thinking, talked to some people I was close with, and ultimately. It was kind of like, hey, what do I love to do more than anything in the world? I love to go out and wrestle and compete and especially compete with the Iowa singlet. So I was like, well, you know, how many people would kill for for one more chance to go out there and wrestle? It was like, I, I feel like I, I owe it to myself and it's something that I've always wanted to do. So it just seemed like like a logical decision. And, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate what happened with the guys that, that missed out on that nationals and didn't get extended eligibility. And obviously I feel for them. That was my high school graduating class. Most of those guys, but um, you know, you got the opportunity. Yeah. It's hard not to take it. That's right. It's a, the predator mindset. We don't care what other people think. Right. Right. Exactly. That's why I, so I got to do what I got to do. That's right. So, so you've done the program for a couple of years. I remember many conversations we had back in my old house. I'm two years in this house. I remember every, it was like every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Mike Kemmer is as consistent as gravity, right? right. You've been doing the program. It, was, it had to be at least two years. So wh why do you do wrestling mindset when you have the coaches like Tom and Terry Brands and, you know, the whole staff that you have over at Iowa? What, what does it bring different to the table? Yeah, I mean, it was just another another thing I could add to my arsenal. And, um, you know, I just remember even back in high school, just kind of following on social media and seeing the videos you guys were putting out and seemed like a lot of quality stuff. And, um, you know, the coaches at Iowa, they're, they're masters of the mental training as, long, as well as the physical training. So I had that and it was just another piece that I could add. And I wanted to, to do pretty much everything in my power to, to have the strongest the strongest wrestling on the mat as I could. And I felt like, um, you know, I, I liked the program a lot of going through each individual thing and attacking things, writing things down. Um, that's kind of, I like to do things. So it helped a lot. These, these should look familiar, right? That mm -hmm. looks very, yep, yep. Oh yeah. We, we might have some more graphic design to them now than when you first did it, but I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and that stuff, that's huge. I mean, it's one thing to just, you know, do some stuff in your head but to really put the pen in the paper and uh to actively be working on it it actively working on your mental game is huge yep awesome what what's one can you think of a specific lesson i'm putting you on the spot but a specific lesson that's had an impact from wrestling mindset yeah i mean there's there's really so many um when i think about it um i would just say a lot of it was like the pre-match routine stuff was really good for me I mean, just right now, getting it on paper, what what kind of things I'm going to go through and getting my mind to be focused on those simple, simple things, really. But it keeps my mind focused. Right. I'm OK. Now I'm, I'm, I'm stretching out. I'm getting loose. Now I'm hitting my drill and I'm hitting my hand fighting. I'm running a couple sprints. You know, I had that system down. So sometimes when your mind wants to wander off and think about whatever you, you get that distraction it was like I could I could focus and I could be like all right just focus on the next thing focus on the next thing and had those centering things I could bring to my mind too and it was just um just putting that all together was really huge yep that sounds good so what what is the pre-match routine look look like now is it has it changed a little bit is it 
pretty consistent to four or five years ago? Because I'm sure those things are always evolving a little bit and changing. Right. Yeah. It's always evolving. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is just, um, you know, I have certain things I like to do and then just making sure that it's not always just checking the box. Right. So maybe some days I feel a little bit more amped up, ready to go for whatever reason. Some days I feel like I need to give myself a little bit more. Right. So it's just kind of, I have that, that kind of routine that I like to hit, you know, physically and mentally. And then it's kind of deciding how I need to tweak it a little bit for each match. But for the most part, it's kind of the same routine. I mean, really from, from the morning of the match to stepping on the scale to what I'm eating, when I'm drilling, all that stuff, the, the stuff I'm telling myself, it's pretty much a set routine that I can fall back on and then just make tweaks to here and there. Yep. Me and Gene were talking about beforehand when you wrestled Mark Hall at Carver Hawkeye Arena. And um, before the match, I think you, you were out there. We couldn't see where you are. I'm sure you were doing your pre-match routine. And Mark Hall was like on the ed edge of the mat cheering on his teammates. And, you know, who, who knows, who knows, but that could have been one of the reasons why, you know, you were able to perform really well in that match and, you know, stay very calm. That was one of the best matches I've seen you wrestle. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, it goes back to, you know, really what I was just talking about. I mean, it doesn't matter. I know you guys talk about where there's a, a bigger match or something or a more important match, but there's not but really every match you want to go out and have your best performance. So that match, bigger crowd, maybe a bigger stage, but wrestling's wrestling and, and having that routine and staying in my, in my zone there, I think makes a big difference. And that's something that I try to emulate every time out. Yeah. When do you usually like to kind of get away from things? So you're not watching too much wrestling before. Is it on deck, double deck? You kind of feel it out? Yeah. I mean, usually, so I wrestle 174. So I'll usually watch like 25, which is usually pretty quick with Spencer out there. And then uh, I'll go wrestle. And then that's usually I'll kind of go back and, and just kind of chill and take myself away from, from the match and everything. And, then whenever it's getting closer, I'll hit my warm up, my, my last little warm up there, and then I'll come down and it'll be after that intermission when I'm on deck. So that's for like a dual meet. So I spend a lot of a decent amount of time away from the the crowd just because, you know, they're my teammates. I'm super close with them. I want to see them do super well. But for me to get my all to the team, I have to be a little bit selfish. So it, it's good for me to take myself away after that first match or two. But it's hard not to stick around to watch Spencer and DeSanto wrestle on you got Ironman out there too. So it's, it's tough to miss some of these matches, but I can go back and watch them later. Yep. You get, now you got so many different guys in the team, right? You got personalities like Spencer Lee, Austin DeSanto, Cassiope, you, Marinelli. What are some of the common themes that you see? Because they are different, right? The personalities are different. The way they approach it are probably a little bit different. But what are some common themes that you have for, you know, not just Iowa wrestling, but your team specifically? Yeah, I would just say it's a lot of guys that really just love the sport, love wrestling. I mean, you can feel that it's not a chore when these guys are going into the room or these guys are getting workouts in. Like, we just love – we love being in that practice room. We love working out together. It's a pretty it's a pretty good group where it's not – I mean, we hold each other accountable, but we almost don't have to because you can just feel that everyone wants to be in there getting better. And, you know, that's that's contagious. That kind of thing's contagious, whereas – if you're somewhere where maybe guys are kind of trying to skip out, it can be, you know, it can kind of pull you away from what you want, but we got a lot of guys that just love wrestling and it's a lot of different personalities and maybe a little bit different methods of getting to their goal, but 
that same theme of guys that just love to be out there training and wrestling. Yep. It makes sense. So you had a couple injuries during your career, right? That's um, something that's hard physically. It's obviously hard mentally also, but I think when you came back, you know, you're up, was, was that when you first came back at 170? Yep. That was the first year at 74 came back better than ever. How did you do that? How do you continue to get better when you're not able to compete out there every day? Because I think a lot of a lot of athletes think I can't wrestle, I can't get better, but obviously that's not the case, right? Right. Yeah. Improve. Right. I think I think a big thing is just realizing, and I know we've talked about where faith comes into it a lot, but realizing you know the position I'm in right now is the best position that I could possibly be in. This is the best thing that could happen to me, and you know maybe I'm off the mat, I'm injured, I have to tweak my training or something, but it's just another opportunity to get better in a different way. And I just think a huge part of it is perspective. And that year that I missed, I watched a lot of wrestling. And I mean, I went a long time without even getting on the mat. That can be stressful for people. You can feel like you're falling behind or you can look at it as these guys are in the grind right now. And I'm, I'm looking ahead to the following year already. I'm, I'm already on to the next thing. And, uh, I think a lot of it's just how you view it and talk to yourself. And there's a lot of games that can be made where maybe you're not even on a wrestling mat. Now, is that something that you like have a plan written down for what you're going to do each day? So like when the guys are at practice for whatever, two and two and a half hours, you say, I'm going to spend an hour watching video. I'm going to be on the bike. What, what do you kind of, or do you play it by ear? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I am big on writing stuff down. So just writing down my plan for the next day, I'll kind of write down how the day went and then the next day. And that kind of keeps me, on track with what I want to do and just kind of would write like little checkpoints along the way, like things. Okay. When I hit this date, I'm going to be able to do this. So let me build up this aspect as much as I can until I can move on to the next level. You know, so first it's just getting the swelling down and then it's getting my rehab strong and then it's starting to get on the bike and it's just, it's just one step at a time, but I'm doing as much as I can with it, whatever, whatever step I'm in in the process. And I think doing that and writing down my progress, I was able to look back after a couple of months and see, wow, I really, um, I really made a lot, a lot of progress and it gives you confidence. Yep, absolutely. So I got, I got to ask my, my selfish question. I got four young kids. Um, I got a seven-year-old daughter and then three boys, right? So I got, hopefully the, some of them wrestle, right? I'm trying to get my kids to wrestle. What are some advice you'd give to really young wrestlers, right? How do you, how do you fan the flames? What would you, what would you tell a young wrestler? If you could tell my, talk to my five-year-old. Yeah. I would just build up a, a love of the sport and a love of being competitive. I think one thing that my dad did a really good job with me is he kind of played the, these mind games almost where I really was like competitive from the get-go and I just really wanted, and it wasn't even necessarily wrestling, but then wrestling was a part of it. And I, I love going out there and wrestling and I love being competitive. And, um, you know, that's a sport where when, even when you're young, when you lose, it's, it's a different feeling than losing in football or baseball or soccer. So um, he, he built up that competitiveness in a fun way. You know, it wasn't in an unhealthy way. He just was kind of like had a way of talking to me that motivated me to, to want to be out there wrestling and, and be out there and scoring points and wrestling hard. And, um, so that's a big thing I'd say is just love of that love of the sport and love of competing is a big thing. So, and, and every kid's different. Some kids it's getting on them and some kids it's, it's little mind tricks. You know, I think that's kind of like what my dad would do. He was, he 
he's funny, funny story. He would, uh, before I go to bed, he, he'd want to do a hundred pushups together before I go to bed. And I, I remember how old I was and he would, he would run upstairs and start banging them out. And then I would get a super competitive and I would run up there and I'd be trying to beat him and get my pushups out. And he just had me totally fooled. So it was yeah. pretty funny. Got to make a note of that hundred pushup challenge for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But definitely don't give him a basketball, right? No, no chance. You could think of what's the other things. Um, it's hard to think on the spot. Um, I just remember just little things like he, he would have me, um, it just, I was just excited to, to go to practice every day. I, it's, it's hard to think of things off the top of my head, but just really build up that competitiveness. You know, I, a funny story, this might be a little twisted, but I remember one time I was really struggling. I was a couple of years in and I wanted to quit wrestling. So my dad goes, Oh, you want to quit? All right, that's fine. You know, he's like, you want to quit? What are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to play basketball. He's like, okay. So then I went to my friend's house or whatever. And I came home and I had just all these trophies in my room and I came home and all the trophies were gone from my room. I, <laughs> I go, where are my trophies? He goes, Oh, we're probably just going to give them away to someone to wrestle because i know that you're done wrestling and i was just livid and i was just like i earned those trophies blah 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 blah, blah. and then it had me hooked and i was like you know what I, I have to keep wrestling i love wrestling i love winning trophies so i don't know if that's a if that's a little twisted but it worked it made me it, i just had that competitive edge from that kind of stuff i, I think twisted would be carrie Colot's dad right he had the cattle prod yeah he that's that, up quick enough that that one might be a little bit more intense that's another level. Yeah, that's another <laughs> level. <laughs> so, how, so how about Young Guns, right? They clearly have one of the top clubs in the country. You know, like your class, if you'd call it that, you just have some studs coming out of Young Guns. What do you think, what did they do to cultivate the love for the sport at such a young age? What, it, what are the strip matters doing so well? John was just on our leadership clinic. Awesome guy. Him and Jody just do an amazing job there. So what, what are they doing at Young Guns? Right. Uh, I think the biggest thing that I noticed was they really made me independent and like accountable about my career that's what I tell people when I talk to people you know I always wrestled and was like I said competitive and I felt like to for for a time I was kind of doing it almost for my dad for my parents for it's just kind of what I'm supposed to do and you know John and Joey did a really good job of making it more about yourself and being the best you can be and they talked about getting up and going for runs before school or or uh, they talked about, you know, staying away from that partying atmosphere and, and, st and staying focused and being a leader and really about getting good grades. And those are all things that um, that I really took in. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, this is the way I want to live my life. This is how I want to compete. And so it became more about doing it for myself than about doing it for someone else. I think that's something they cultivate really well is just that independence where, I mean, you'll see guys that they wrestle at the state tournament and they're like itching to get back in their room the next week. I mean, it's just crazy how much guys want to be in there getting better because of the atmosphere they've created. Yep. What, what age would you say that was where you first really started to fall in love with the sport where it's like, I want to, you know, I want to be the best. I want to follow in these guys' footsteps. Yeah, I remember. I think I was in sixth grade when I started going there. So, so yeah, maybe 11, 12 years old, something like that. I remember them talking about Iowa wrestling and Jody's experiences there. And my eyes were just probably wide as saucers because I was like, man, that's a whole new 
level of wrestling that I hadn't really just been as exposed to before. <laughs> Any idea why wrestling mindset and winning mindset is black and gold? Uh, I think black and gold is pretty good colors. I, I like the choice. <laughs> that was that was the foundation. We were the same way as kids. Just loved Iowa wrestling. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's an awesome culture. We we grew up watching Competitor Supreme, Brands Brothers, documentaries, and everything. So when it came time for our company, we were like, all right, yeah, let's go black shirts and the gold, black and gold. And I don't think anyone really knew exactly what we were doing, except when you came to Rutgers. When Iowa came yeah. to Rutgers, you guys, we were the only guys in the crap. We were only the, the only guys on the Rutgers side, probably not. But it seemed like we stuck out like a sore thumb wearing black and yellow. It's like now people know why we did what we did. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was, uh, yeah, that's, you don't want to be wearing that black and gold in that Rutgers crowd. That's a, that's a beat. <laughs> over there in the rack so <laughs> that's right all right so we, we talked about your dad some of the things he did to help you mentally how about mom you got to give a shout out to your mom oh yeah no my mom's awesome and um you know i think she was able to pull the reins back with my dad sometimes which is kind of funny but she's you know she always just wanted to see me do well and and be successful but my mom especially she was really all about the academics too um that's super important to her and she pushed me even even in high school. She pushed me to be doing a national honor society and things like that, just because um, you know she was just big on on being the best you can be, really at everything you do. So she was super supportive, and I mean, I have four sisters, so she was kind of taking them all over the place for dance. They were dancers too, but she loves wrestling. I think wrestling's her favorite, so she's she's been awesome for me my whole career. Yep, I'm sure. So then we've talked about faith plenty when we were on our, our mindset calls, right? And the perspective that they have to have as a wrestler, just as a person, how has your faith impacted you? I guess let's start on the mat. Yeah. I mean, on the mat, it's been huge. Uh, it's just something that it's calming to me. It brings me peace um, that really all I have to do is go out there and use this gift that I've been given and put my best, my best effort into what I'm doing. And uh, you know, sometimes you can get caught up in wins and losses and, and obviously I'm a, I'm a competitor. I, I want to win, but you know, just before my match, I'm big on like praying before my match and just saying like that I want to do God's will. Right. And, and glorify him on the mat. And that's a huge thing that brings me a ton of peace. And it's just hard to imagine not having that. I mean, it feels like it's just hand in hand with my wrestling. And I know a big, uh, you know, I mean, I wrestling under the spotlight and a big, uh, Bible verse like Galatians 1:10, and it's about if you seek to please men or if you seek to please God and you can't really you kind of got to choose one or the other and if you try to seek uh, please men then you're kind of they'll kind of flip on you a little bit and it's tough but God you know he's he's all-knowing he's all-loving and um, you can take extreme peace in that how do, you, how do you keep the perspective? So here's a tough thing when you're trying to be the very best in wrestling right trying to be a national world and Olympic champion you got to you got to be obsessed about it, right? You got to be fanatical. We say, how do you keep the perspective and not make wrestling an idol? And this this is the tough question. It's it's very hard because we spend so much time and energy into it, um, and I think that's just where it goes back to, you know, prayer and and having that strong faith and just remembering, um, you know, that this is just a gift and it's just kind of an earthly thing and there's there's way more important things and it can be tough especially um you know I, i've suffered losses and you can kind of think you know why you know why is this happening why why is, 
God punishing me, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you go back and say, you know, it's his will, it's his will. And that's something that brings you peace, brings me peace a lot. And, um, you know, when I, when I leave it in his hands, it's like, man, all I have to do is go out and do what I love to the best of my ability. So it's, it's refreshing, but it's definitely tough because, um, you know, wrestling is a, it's a very unique sport. It's awesome. That's right. All right. Let's see what I got. A couple of rapid fire things here. So you're one of the best I've ever seen at finishing takedowns. Has that always been a knack of yours? Is that something that you obviously spend a lot of time on it, but probably uh, the highest takedown finishing percentage I've ever seen. Uh, thanks. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just, I think I've kind of always just like to attack the legs and get on shots and finish and just, um, it's something I work on a lot and I think it's, it's gotten a lot better even just since coming to Iowa and getting in the room and probably it's a mentality thing. I think when you get to the legs, you want to finish every time, you know, so it's hard to put one thing on it, but um, I just, I like attacking the legs. Were, were you always good at just finishing your takedowns for, as, as a kid, or is that something that you developed? Of course you developed it, but was it, did you always have a knack for that? Just finishing your takedowns because a lot of times you see guys go from high school to college and they really, they get to the legs still, but they struggle, struggle to finish the takedowns. It seems yeah. like you, you hit that in stride. Yeah, it's definitely gotten better in college. I mean, it's funny. I still, if I, I'll go back and watch some high school matches and I, and I won't finish a shot and I'm like, man, all I had to do was this, you know, so that's kind of funny, but um, I don't know. I just, even growing up, I remember shooting a lot. I remember my dad would always tell me like, you got to use your face like a missile. That was like a big thing. He said like a missile, it locks on to something. He'd be like, use your face like a missile. So locking onto the legs and, and finishing. And I was a young kid, but it kind of resonated with me and just kind of my styles evolved around attacking the legs and finishing. All right. Next thing I got Franklin regional. So that's yep. you, Spencer Lee, Megalutis went there, right? He was a couple yep. years older. I yep. guess Spencer is what? Two, two years below. Yeah. He's two years below. Yep. So how did, how did they pull it off? Franklin Regional? What did they do? So, so well. Yeah. I mean, we, that was a program that, you know, but when I was super young, I'm pretty sure it was like in danger of being cut. There was not a wrestling history there at all. And Nico Megalutis' dad, Dan Megalutis, was super invested and went to the school board and basically said, well, we're going to build up a strong team. And, um, you know, Nico ended up being the anchor of that group of guys. And then, you know, three or I guess four years younger than them was my grade with me and Josh Shields, Josh Maruka. We had uh, even other guys that maybe weren't as big names. Um, and then there's like Tyler Smith. We had a lot of good guys and just coming up together. We really pushed each other a lot. We, I mean, we'd be practicing together all week. And then we go to a local tournament we'd be at the same weight and we'd be wrestling on the weekend. So we've wrestled each other a ridiculous amount of times and just kind of that iron sharpens iron thing. And coming up, we, we had a really good team and I think it inspired even the, the younger ages of guys. We've had a couple state champions these past couple of years and, it's awesome to watch. I mean, I hope the program just keeps growing and growing because it's really come a long way from where it was maybe 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And then I just wrote down Gable, Dan Gable. What's, what's his involvement? Do you see him a lot when you're there? I'm, I know he's at all the matches, but how often is he in there talking to the guys in the wrestling room? Yeah. Yeah. The legend he's uh, he's, yeah, he's at all the matches and he'll, He'll come in the room sometimes, you know, he's older and he's doing other things, but when he comes in the room, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to him. And he, you know, he's just so knowledgeable and he will, 
you know, he'll tell you straight up how it is. If I, you know, I've talked to him after matches and he'll just, he'll say, you know, this is what, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. And it's like, well, what are you going to, you're going to not take Dan Gable's advice. So it's, it's awesome. It's just such a good alumni that have come through the Iowa program. It's nice to have those guys and those guys come back and you're talking to them. And it's cool to know that you're a part of the same thing that they were a part of. So having Gable around is special and, um it's just there's so many legends that when you see them you just want to pick their brain yeah absolutely so what's the game plan after college i know we still got it we got a year to go but have you have you given it thought yet yeah i want to keep wrestling i want to wrestle at that international level the hawkeye wrestling club i think we're going to have a lot of good guys graduating this year that want to keep wrestling you know we got spencer DeSanto, ironman you know there's young marinelli all the way up the lineup we got a lot of guys that are going to be graduating this year that i'm pretty sure want to wrestle internationally so we're going to have that that strong hawkeye wrestling club and we're going to be wrestling on the international level so i i've told people you know i love wrestling i want to wrestle as long as i can so i'm excited for that but uh taking it one year at a time one day at a time but i'm excited for that when that comes that's right do you have any idea on the weight class or same thing we're going to see when when this season's over gonna to have to wait and see we'll figure it out I know 174 right now is kind of in between two uh, Olympic weights. So be some decisions to be made. But like I said, one day at a time. That's right. All right. Grandpa Mike here. Where do they get it? Grandpa Mike here. It's on my Twitter and Instagram. I've shared it. There's an online store. Um, The link's in my bio on Twitter, which is chem underscore D-A-U-G-H-G 65. Same as my same handle as my Instagram. So the links in my bio, you can order stuff through September 7th. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys like the gear playing off the grandpa Mike nickname. So it's, it's fun. So we got to drop this pod quick podcast quickly. And also it's a good idea with grandpa Mike, cause there's, it's a common name, right? There's gotta be a lot of grandpa Mike's out there. Oh, there's gotta be. Yeah. I've heard uncle Mike, grandpa Mike, all that stuff. So there's we, a we have a cousin, one of my godsons, his grandpa's grandpa Mike. We'll have to get yeah. him a shirt also. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Not, not only do all the wrestlers, coaches, and parents need it, but also you got to think about it for a Father's Day gift, Christmas presents. Oh, yeah. Just birthdays. So there's a lot of Grandpa Mikes out there. Make sure you get yours. A lot of Grandpa gear to go around. That's right. What do you think? We end with the St. Michael prayer? Sounds good to me. Gene, you want to lead it? Go ahead. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle, and our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And on his feast day, St. Raymond, pray for us. Amen. Mike, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Right, Mike. For having everything. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Take care. Ever catch eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.